It's day 20 of the 21 days of storytelling. I've been sharing the Dragon Collector with you one chapter at a time for the last 20 days, and tomorrow is the last day you can secure your free digital copy of the novel at authordkdrake.com backslash insiders. Now on to today's story snippet, chapter 17, entitled Omri's Orders. And I think Omri hijacked my computer because he did not want you to hear this. As I was typing up the show notes for this episode, my computer went crazy and started typing rows and rows of the letter M. Several restarts and a new keyboard later, I'm back and working to get this episode to you on day 20. Before we get there, though, here's your insider tip. The first scene of this chapter was not in the original edition of the novel, and unlike the first 16 chapters, this scene is told from the point of view of the dragon hunter Micah, King Omri's mean and brutal son. I added this scene and incorporated Micah's point of view for two reasons. One, I wanted to get to know Micah a little better and understand the source of his mean motivation. Why is he the way he is? How does he interact with his father, aka the villain of the story? And two, I wanted to introduce you to Micah's thoughts considering book two, The Dragon Hunter, is told largely from Micah's perspective. Alright, brace yourselves because you're about to meet the Dark King. Welcome to a special storytelling edition of Published Before College, the podcast with short and snazzy shows that teach creative kids how to think like an author, build confidence in their creative writing skills, and take ownership of the publishing process. I'm your host, D.K. Drake, author of the Dragonstalker Bloodline Saga. During these 21 days of storytelling, I'll be reading you snippets of The Dragon Collector, book one of the Dragonstalker Bloodline Saga, and sharing behind-the-scenes insider secrets along the way. In The Dragon Collector, 15-year-old Javen believes he is simply an ordinary orphan abandoned by his mother at birth until he is whisked away to another dimension and his destiny as the chosen one from the Collector bloodline is revealed. Armed only with an ancient weapon, a trio of old advisors, and his determination to win, Javen is soon caught up in a dangerous battle for the throne. Now his choices could save, or destroy, the people and dragons of Xandador, including the mother he just met. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. You are now entering the land of Xandador. Chapter 17. Omri's Orders. Micah gripped Esmeralda's arm and barged into the banquet hall. I demand a place at the table for the prize we bring you. He shoved the prisoner toward King Omri who sat alone at the head of a long table lined with mounds of food. Omri hadn't permitted anyone the honor of his presence at dinner since Esmeralda had escaped. No one can tell him how she had gotten out, so he refused to let anyone join him for the evening feast until she was returned. Micah would have an invitation at the dinner table for years to come as a result of this find. The king carefully wiped his mouth with his napkin and slowly pushed back from the table. His sense of power rose with him. He wasn't as broad-shouldered or as strong as Micah, but his commanding personality towered over his son. Unnerved by his father's silence, Micah spoke. I caught her attempting to open the portal to Earth. Omri kept his deep brown eyes on Esmeralda as his feet clapped toward her on the marble floor. Micah watched his father intently, waiting for his words of praise for bringing Esmeralda back to where she belonged. As Omri circled Esmeralda, he looked neither pleased or upset. Why hadn't he praised Micah yet? Without warning, Omri grabbed Esmeralda's braid with his left hand and his dagger from his boot with his right hand. He cut the braid off at the base of her neck, and her hair fell in short, ragged strands around her face as she gasped. Never return a prisoner with her dignity intact. He draped the long black braid over Micah's shoulder. Father, I... You are not to speak. He flinched and braced himself for the verbal beating. This woman has made a mockery of me, Omri said. 
Even after she broke the marriage and childbearing laws, I allowed her to live in my home as a servant rather than a prisoner in the dungeon because she could sing like no other. How did she repay my kindness? She ran away and broke another law by attempting to open the portal. Her singing voice cannot save her now. Xandador must witness what happens to those who dare defy me. You are to take three teams of the Justice Unit with you to every village, town, and city in the land of Xandador. March her through the streets with chains on her hands and feet. Make her sleep in the open in the town squares. Beat her in front of everyone in every place you go. The next time I see her, I don't want to recognize her. Keep a little meat on her bones, though. I want Vasilis to have something to munch on when I feed her to him upon your return. Make the people feel my power, my rage, my wrath. If anyone even glances at this woman with pity, whip them. Remind them that I am in control every chance you get. Understood? Understood. Good. Now go. Micah glanced longingly at the food-covered table. He was so hungry, but he had been given an order. His stomach would have to be satisfied with whatever scraps he could find in the kitchen tonight. Unsure what he was walking into, Javen eased open the door of the dark barn and peeked inside before entering. Ravier? No response. He stepped inside and meandered across the door floor. Hello, he called. I'm here. Ready to get started. This is where you said to meet. Down here. Javen followed the faint voice to the end of the barn and noticed a light coming from a hole in the floor in the corner. A flat piece of wood the size of the hole was leaning against the wall. Javen bent over the hole and saw a ladder that led to the underground room. He climbed down, turned around, and gasped at the sight of the vast space. It was a good twelve feet high and looked to be about twice the length and width of the gym-sized barn above. Shiny weapons from swords to spears to bows and arrows covered the long wall to his right. A target area filled the space to the left. Some were shaped like humans some like animals, and some were simple circles attached to the wall with a bullseye in the middle. The wall behind Javen was painted with a giant map of what Javen assumed to be Xandador, while the far wall was divided into two sections. The left held floor-to-ceiling bookshelves filled with old, thick books. The right was simply a blank, black slate. Several rows of chairs faced the slate wall, and a podium as well as a desk faced the chairs. Ravier was standing behind the podium. Come, he pointed to a chair. Sit. This is a neat room, Javen said as he walked toward Ravier. Can I shoot that bow? Not tonight. Tonight, you sit and learn. Learn how to fight, right? Eventually. He handed Javen a notebook with thick, rough paper and a pencil. First, you need to learn about Xandador and the basics of dragon collecting. Javen sighed. This was starting to sound way too much like school. He felt like he was going backwards when he wanted to be moving forward. You mean I have to sit here and listen to you lecture? While taking notes? Yes. Ravier picked up a piece of chalk. This type of teaching bores me too, but in order for your active training to make sense, you must have a fundamental knowledge of Xandador, as well as how and why collecting dragons is necessary. Javen sighed, opened his notebook, and readied his pencil. Fine. Tell me what I need to know. He wanted to get this book training over with, so he could learn how to use some of those weapons. If you enjoyed today's storytelling episode, but don't want to wait to find out what happens next, Click on over to authordkdrake.com backslash insiders. There you can secure your free digital copy of The Dragon Collector as part of the DK Drake Starter Library. But The Dragon Collector will only be included in the Starter Library through the end of these 21 days. So be sure to become an insider by November 10th to get your free copy. In the meantime, I dare you not to dream of dragons tonight.
It's day 20 of the 21 days of storytelling. I've been sharing the Dragon Collector with you one chapter at a time for the last 20 days, and tomorrow is the last day you can secure your free digital copy of the novel at authordkdrake.com backslash insiders. Now on to today's story snippet, chapter 17, entitled Omri's Orders. And I think Omri hijacked my computer because he did not want you to hear this. As I was typing up the show notes for this episode, my computer went crazy and started typing rows and rows of the letter M. Several restarts and a new keyboard later, I'm back and working to get this episode to you on day 20. Before we get there, though, here's your insider tip. The first scene of this chapter was not in the original edition of the novel. And unlike the first 16 chapters, this scene is told from the point of view of the dragon hunter Micah, King Omri's mean and brutal son. I added this scene and incorporated Micah's point of view for two reasons. One, I wanted to get to know Micah a little better and understand the source of his mean motivation. Why is he the way he is? How does he interact with his father, aka the villain of the story? And two, I wanted to introduce you to Micah's thoughts considering book two, The Dragon Hunter, is told largely from Micah's perspective. Alright, brace yourselves because you're about to meet the Dark King. <laughs> 